0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sprites of Life podcast. I'm Lucas. I'm Chris. And I'm Don. Hope you guys are having a great time wherever you're listening. Guys, 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 how familiar are you with the English language? Spoke it all my life. Okay, okay. So the word final,
1: what does that usually entail? Like the, the last. Unless it's in pop culture, then you have like final destination 10 or Final Fantasy 12, 17,
0: 32, whatever number we're on. I mean, technically we're on 16, and since I've been devoting... Yeah, but did they do Final Fantasy like 9-2 or whatever? And it, No, it was... Who, who was Lightning? Lightning had two games. Lightning had two extra games along with it. 13 had two extra. It's, then you have the Kingdom Hearts, and then you have Tactics, and then you have the Chocobo game. There's nothing final about Final Fantasy, but I feel like that fact alone is enough to talk about it. Considering at the numbered franchise, we are at 16. That's that's obsessive and enough for us to talk about it. Today, I, I've, I've been obsessing about Final Fantasy 16 because I've just been playing it. I didn't think it'd be that great. And it turns out it's that great. So I kind of want to talk about Final Fantasy as a whole. Because while the game functions more as an anthology... There's still some common elements, and I've looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can science talk about these for a while, and I figured I'd drag you all along for the ride. Yeah,
1: that's what we're here for.
0: So before we do that, uh, y'all want science news or gaming news first? Do science. Okay, fine. Um, so you both know, and some people know me, I'm not the biggest fan of dolphins. I don't want to see them hurt or anything, but dolphins give me the willies. I also don't like dolphins. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they steal your fish for me. I've just seen them do things, terrible things.
2: Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're not great. Um, they're, they're a very annoying
0: Pokemon as well. Now Um, (laughs) I don't like that. Um, I will say they do make excellent mothers. Um, there was one study that found that bottlenose dolphins change the pitch as they talk to their calves. So, Dolphins do have a sort of language through their clicks and their whistles, their ability to communicate. Uh, when dolphins are very young, they're basically given a name, their own unique click or whistle. And they will use that to help identify themselves with another group to tell them where they are and tell them who's there. Um, it's a very complex structure. We have still barely scratched the surface. They were recording a bunch of dolphins that they were you know, capturing and releasing for medical reasons off of Sarasota. And they found that the mama dolphin will actually change the pitch of her call whenever her calves are around. Basically, as the article describes it in Science News, baby talk. So these animals are changing the tone of their voice as they talk, and people are comparing it to how we will change the tone when we're talking to cute animals or to babies. And we're still trying to figure out exactly why.
1: Do Wait, do you mean, do you mean why the dolphins are doing it or why anyone raises their voice when they're talking to something cute and small? Well, no, like the the
0: first one. So like the quote at the end of it, of the article is until the day we can ask dolphins what they're actually doing, um, we have no idea what's going on. Like basically like they won't know. And no one's going to be certain until someone can actually talk to dolphins why they're doing it. But The idea is that, well, maybe they do it the same way we do to try and form connections with our children. And it would make sense, given that bottlenose dolphins, as terrifying as they are, um, have really good child-directed communication. Like, if there's any other animal that would have good child-to-parent communication, it would probably be a dolphin, given how close they can get to their young. Like, if a baby dolphin dies the mom will like start pushing them around to try and get them to wake up again. Like it's really heartbreaking stuff. Like that these animals actually care, I still don't trust them, but I at least respect them for, you know, the moms love their kids, which is pretty cool, especially in nature.
1: I am here. If anybody wants to finance a like global animal baby talk study, how many animals use baby talk?
0: It's, probably not a huge list so like i mean just sell half of your pokemon cards you might get something to work with
1: you don't know lucas that's the problem
0: mm, i mean yeah I, I guess we'd have to go into it i mean that's what they said got you there <laughs> yeah you, you got me again gosh darn it just like throws down the microphone and walks away he's just like dang it he got me but with this article they also talked about how Like, you could actually hear the pitch, if anyone finds it, of the article on Science News about baby talk, because you could actually hear the frequency changes when they're talking with closer to their young. And I thought that was a really cool addition for an article. A lot of times when you get science articles, just say, no, well, just, um, just trust us. It sounds different. Or they'll show a graph that you can't understand. I like it when someone's like, no, here's the data so that other people can understand it. That's very important to me in science communication. Please do not hide your knowledge behind a wall of text. Or paywall. But definitely the wall of text. Just make it easy for people to get so they can share it and learn about it. Anyway, that was my science news. I had to talk about dolphins in a positive light. Not used to doing that. Y'all are welcome. This <laughs> is like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but um, what do we got for gaming news? Please tell me something positive. Because I looked up science news. It took a lot to get something positive.
1: We have delicious gaming news. Hooray. Remember the uh, the Pokemon Oreos? I remember the TikToks have destroyed cookie aisles at Publix. And people went like crazy trying to find the, the like really rare Mew Oreo. I, once again,
0: will direct you to the TikToks. And I think we've flown went... too close
1: to the sun with the level of
0: stuff
2: of Oreos. I think yeah. we're, we're <laughs> due for some sort of Icarus type scenario. I did once see
0: Oreos with um, cookie dough in them. And that was incredible. I, okay, Quick side tangent. What's the most useless Oreo that you've ever seen? Most useless. Watermelon. Watermelon. The ones that are like no cream in the middle. My one was the ones that were snickerdoodle because like you literally just made a cookie out of another cookie. Just sell snickerdoodles. What's wrong with you? Like that was like the most like what the H moment. Like what are you doing? (laughs) But like, okay, so what about Oreos? What
1: have they done now? Well, now we're getting Mario Oreos. Is there like a super rare star cookie we should be worrying about? I almost wonder if they learned their lesson because I don't believe that there is a super rare one. I think it's just there are 16 types of Mario Oreo cookies, but those are coming out soon. And I guarantee like people are going to hoard people will if there is something to be hoarded, people will hoard it. They're just like they're just cookies with little fun designs on them. Like eat them and dunk them in your milk. I actually don't.
2: Dunk Oreos
1: in milk. I've never done that.
2: What? But- I'm with him. I don't like my food
0: to be soggy. What is wrong with the both of you? You dunk that sucker. I've literally just put it into the drink and let it dissolve, and I drank the milk.
1: I like dry, crunchy cookies.
0: Mm, that is, I don't know how we are all friends, but I also eat
1: unbuttered toast.
0: That feels wrong.
1: I mean, unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> what is this it? The boy, dark side of the this force. Boy, <laughs> this boy
0: ain't right. <laughs> The dark side has path, many pathways that some would deem unnatural. Just see and then cuts to Chris eating butterless,
1: jellyless toast. Just dry crunchy bread. It's just a crut it's just a crouton. What kind of bread do you use? Normal bread? Like white
0: bread, wheat bread, like Oh wheat I wheat bread. Oh man. I feel we've learned a lot today. Not even for the new. We haven't even started. We've all just learned a lot today. We could stop now and be like, no, everyone's learned something about it. So we're getting Oreo cookies in the shape of Mario and praying that no one destroys anything. Now, hopefully when this comes out, those Oreos are released and the grocery stores will not be destroyed. Because anyone who is mean to service workers is awful. And please don't destroy a grocery store for cookies. I'm
1: I'm begging you, please. They're just Bowser cookies. They're just, that just... Oh, my God. Are they peach flavored? That would, that, see, if they, if every cookie in it was individually flavored, that would be cool. No, they're just Oreos.
0: Okay, like, I mean, again, it's, it's a lot to ask, but if society could not destroy a grocery store for collectible Oreos, that would be great.
1: Collectible is uh, debatable when
0: they, sp- if they do expire. <laughs> I mean, there are ways to properly seal them. They won't do them, but they will. Anyway, okay, that's delicious, I think, but... Do we have any, uh, Don, any, I know the new series. Uh, yeah, so we, have, we do have Series
2: D for uh, competitive Pokemon. Um, but we're going to focus on the um, the North American International Championships was last weekend in the wonderful town of Columbus, Ohio, where it almost always is because that is just how we do things. So the, yeah, NAIC where am i at. Yeah, so it was in Columbus. Um, and we've, I'm just kind of looking at the top eight teams right now um a couple of people i know on there shout outs to uh uh ragav um Raghi on twitter um malavia got second place so anyway first place winner though alex gomez great player he's been around for a while um with a pretty cool team we had dragapult making a showing um really yeah, yeah which was also if you remember right the the first series winning team of series 3 um which i believe was justin tang also use the Dragapult-Chain Pow combination over the Dragonite-Chain Pow that's more popular. Um, so Choice Band Dragapult, um, pretty cool, with Terra Ghost with Terra Blast, which is a nice way to get some phys- some uh, steady physical ghost move. Dragapult, Chain Pal, Iron Hands, Don Dozo, Tinglu, and Fluttermane. So you also see it's got the Solo Dozo. Um, as well as a Ting Lu with Sand Tomb, which I think is a really cool combination because you can trap stuff in. The Dondozo has Yawn. Um, you can really chip things down, and then you have Booster Energy Flutter Fluttermane, so big damage from that, as well as Chin Pao and uh, Dragapult. Um, with Iron Hands is sort of that Assault Vest set, so it's sort of a more of a glue Pokemon. But also, like Iron Hands next to Chin Pao does a lot of damage.
0: I mean, I'm interested to see, I mean, with such an influx of new Pokemon coming in that are, let's be honest, really dangerous. Like, I'm wondering how many of these Pokemon will still be like able to compete because yeah, well, looking at series looking, I'm just looking at the top eight right now. And in the
2: in the top eight, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have six Iron Hands and seven Flutter Mains. Um, I've played a lot of Series D since I didn't go to NAIC. And I can tell you that um Urshifu is quite good it's mean
1: multi or single
2: both um so i th- i think single strike or sorry multi strike i think is more splashable onto teams but i think single
1: strike is very scary i love single strike but
0: i just never he- i i don't like focus sash it stops my kills so i like multi strike yeah multi
2: i and um but i do think uh i think i think single strike is going to be one of those things that has like i think to be less common but I think it's going to have some very deep runs, and I could see it maybe top-cutting some major... I mean, we really only have Worlds as the first thing, but I think I think Single Strike's going to make some deep runs, because the the burst damage, like a lot of people's Urshifu counters are sort of leaning towards the more water-based. So you have a lot of things like Rocky Helmet and Moongus, and um, Choice Band, Terra Dark, Wicked Blow can just like shred through so many things um i and like i'm looking at the top eight we only have two ting lu i think Tinglu lu has a rough time with urshifu i think it has to Terra a lot of the time i think i think iron hands is good will continue to be good in series d Um look at the rest of these teams we've got some cool teams i don't know if you guys have seen the top eight um there was an iron moth in top eight i Shout see out
1: to chuppa with the talon flame
2: yep uh yeah chuppa repping um pretty cool pretty cool team right there you've got the classic uh dragonite chin pal setup. With a golden go. Um the, the 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 choice specs golden go, which we've been seeing more of late in the season with Trick, um kind of a nice way to cripple stuff. Citrus berry talent flame, which is cool. Uh very supportive will-o-wisp taunt tailwind with Brave Bird. Um Terra Grass, Iron Bundle, and Terra Poison Garchomp, both of which are kind of spicy. Nice. I mean, I'm glad we got some variety. It's, in yeah, it's one of those things where people look at the teams and they're like, Oh, there's seven Flutter mains. But if you look at the Flutter mains, there's booster energy, there's choice specs, there's like um maybe Pixie Plate even, maybe Sash, multiple booster energies, and some are speed boosting, some are special attack boosting. Um Joe UX9's had a great season so far, and you uh, got a top four with uh the Torkoal with a Torque Jump jumpluff team, which we've seen some of. Um John Who, I know, used that at Knoxville. Um, but he also uses a uh, chin pal next to scarf, great tusk, and a uh, uh, king gambit, which is pretty cool. King gambit seems like it's kind of fallen off as well a little bit. I think it's still very good, but it's kind of in a sea of iron hands right now.
1: Iron hands and would probably are hurting it.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and I, I think I'm talking about series C because in the series yeah. C. no series D. I think I think King Gambit is really not having a nice time. I haven't seen many King Gambits at all. Um, but I would like to point out uh, Justin Knox's team. Uh, and, um, I believe 45 Mice VGC is his Twitter. But um, Iron Moth with booster energy. Really cool. At, booster energy with acid spray. So it's nice synergy with that Fluttermane and the Golden Go. We get that big special attack drop. Um, and screens Grimmsnarl as well with um, the Swords Dance Iron Hands plus Gyarados. So he's kind of got like a nice. Um, you could go really bulky with like screens and nasty plot. Golden go with Gyarados and like Iron Hands and really kind of go bulky mode, or you can just like send it with uh, Acid Spray plus Flutter So that's a Sash Flutter too. So like a lot of variety, even though there's a lot of Flutter mains. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Worlds has. Only to throw two out Chi U's as well. How we, uh, we got what two three Chin Pals, two Chi U's. So Chin Pao looking like the Alpha, alpha Ruin Mon at <laughs> NAIC. Zero Wo Chin. Uh, as, yeah. No one cares about the snail. Yeah, top, uh, first place, top four. Um, yeah, Joe, UX9's uh, Chin Pao was cool. His Terra Flying, which is different, most like that Terra Ghost, Um, but I mean, he's got it next to Scarf Great Tusk, so that makes sense. Um, And he's running Ice Shard over Sucker Punch, which is kind of a cool little priority change with Crunch as well. Um, So he's got his Dark coverage over Sacred
0: Sword, which I guess, like, with um, Great Tusk, you don't need. Sorry, I'm rambling. You guys go ahead. No, <laughs> It's all good. No, the rambling is what we're here for. But we do have to talk about Final Fantasy now, I guess. We'll talk more about Pokemon. Another- I mean, it's our podcast. Of course, we're going to talk about Pokemon more. But as far as Final Fantasy starts with, um, honestly, again, like I said, like, Final dictates Blast, but somehow we're at number six of these, not including like all the different spin-offs not including Kingdom Heart, not including any of the sequels they made for like like X2 or 132 or any of those other ones, like not including the remakes or the remasters, this game has stuck around it since 1987. The whole reason it was called Final is still debated when uh Horinobu Sakaguchi, the guy who created the first one, came out and said uh, he was asked why it was called Final, it was because at the time, if it did poorly, he would have to quit and go back to college. Like, they was basically like, this is my last chance. Also, also that it's just a cool name. That was another reason. Um, when you look it up, uh, the word final is actually a word that um, Japanese people can actually, they know it. Like, the words final and fantasy also has the FF that looks really good. And that finaru is, like, a word that they actually know. So, if you ask them, uh, if you were to say, like, final fantasy, skidesuka, like, do you like Final Fantasy? They would actually be able to understand you a little bit. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, we love Final Fantasy. It's the best game series. But it was released in 87. And luckily for us, it was a huge hit. And it's been raking in tons of awards ever since. Inspired, you know, all the sequel, the spinoffs, a few movies. Ones that we definitely won't talk about because they're real bad. One of the movies, the, the Final Fantasy movie that came out in theaters was so bad that it in part like cut away a lot of like the connections that we're gonna have with like Nintendo and stuff. It's a whole whole mess. And even now it has there's an official Final Fantasy Day dedicated entirely just to Final Fantasy VII because of how influential it was. Like, Wait, like a okay, first of all, when is the day? January thirty first. Starting twenty twenty three? I believe it was officially uh, started. If I could look it up, when was the official day it was out? It became an official holiday. Yeah, it became an official holiday this year. An uh, official holiday where? Japan is recognized by the Japanese government as an official holiday. Chris is like I have never gotten off work.
1: I have never got. I've had to take my days off of work to play video games well that's the thing again we've talked about it like there are some days where so many
0: people call in sick in japan that because of certain games coming out like monster hunter and final fantasy and dragon quest that they've just basically given some whole companies like the day off it's insane like can you imagine if like i don't know skyrim got a holiday like of how much influence it had honestly it
2: should be at this point
0: (laughs) i mean kind of like it just keeps happening every year we get it on a new console by the end you can play it on your toaster you probably could do your Alexa can play Skyrim
2: really yeah like I'm, I'm not going to say it oh, mine's unplugged now because I'm uh, become paranoid in my old age um but yeah you're your if you say like Alexa play Skyrim it'll um like give you ver- like you come to a, a narrow road in a mountain pass Alexa off <laughs> I, I turned off
0: I mean, with Final Fantasy, though, there's always the talk of, like, well, okay, I'm not going to get into it at, like, number 16 or whatever. But each game functions on a different story. They went the anthology route instead of a direct sequel, and that's how they've been able to keep going. By keeping just enough of the right themes and changing things here and there, you Something can make about it so- crystals. <laughs> uh, okay, we're, we'll get to the crystals, but— Keeping some things while also changing up like the story, the characters, some of the combat systems, some of the items that is what kept people going. Because even if you didn't like Final Fantasy II, you might like Final Fantasy III. If Final Fantasy XV was an undercooked mess that was somehow spent mo- too much money and not enough money, I can go to 16 and be like, okay, they spent the right amount this time. Yeah, but there was
2: like so much good fishing in Final Fantasy 15.
0: Final Fantasy 15 was so good at fishing, they made a separate fishing game out of it. Not even kidding at all. Like, it's yeah, yeah, there's so there some. Good it's a top tier game. <laughs> I mean, the series was one of the first that gave people like multi level story and deep character backgrounds back in like the 80s, which considering the tech they were running on, it was pretty impressive that you would actually be able to get people to like care about these characters more so than just having it just be a linear progression of killing stuff. Um, but the games have always been a mixture of fantasy and science fiction. You're putting magical orbs and crystals next to robots and airships and this is so well done that it's a staple in just about every single game to have like some level of te- of super steampunk robotech next to like feudal peasants digging in the ditch, which is again Pretty and cool. It's pretty cool. It's very hard to get that. It's hard to get even one of those right and getting them mixed up in the right way can be good. Now, to say that all the Final Fantasy games are great is wrong because there are some of them that just never fit well. And I'm not going to tell you which ones are which because there are people who defend. People will will come for us.
1: Yeah, they'll come
0: at us in multiple languages. And I'm not I'm well, I don't even want to fight the English speakers, let alone the Japanese. Those people run their own Twitter and you don't want to fight them on their own turf.
1: Does that just right. mean though that there's something for everyone?
0: Yeah, there is a little bit. Um, throughout the years, they have kind of away from turn-based combat. Although I will say they like experimented. The I like turn-based combat too, but they experimented with it before they got rid of it. Like there were times where they did turn-based combat where you built up a certain set of meter. Yeah, and um, then I, would I, build...
2: I think five was one of the earlier ones with that, if I remember right.
0: Yeah, and then, the then also I remember that had the meter. And then later on when they did their weird spin-off of Bravely Default One and Two, they added like the um the Brave system. I've been really? back playing Bravely Default Two right now, actually.
2: And the also weirdly done Bravely second that just confused everyone.
0: Yeah, that was a weird one. Um I gotta say, I love the Bravely Default series. Big, like, big it- fan, big fan. I
2: honestly I love all the Final Fantasies. I played l- I need to I haven't played as many of the modern ones. I've played fifteen and like thirteen, I think. But I think I've played like one through seven and like maybe nine or ten as well.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's there's a whole reason why people love these and they keep coming back. I mean, the games do a lot to mix up different legends. So like you'll have Arthurian legend, you'll have blades named like Excalibur and you'll have like references to Japanese mythology and even old school thoughts on medicine. I think it was Final Fantasy IV that dealt with uh, Miasma. And like that's the whole before germ theory, people assume that oh no. Yeah, I think have- miasma is even a reoccurring theme because it's in like some of the side ones,
2: like um, there have been side ones, but like I want to say like was it like Advent Children or something? Crystal something's I remember there being miasma as well.
0: Yeah, that's the old school style of thinking when it comes to like germ theory. Before that was like bad air.
1: Mi- miasma is why we have the plague doctor masks. They used to stuff the noses with uh, like potpourri or good smelling things because they thought that the good smelling things would purify the air when you breathe it in. And it, it doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, I, I just imagine like someone doing that now, like going into bed, bath and body works and like literally just finding like a really nice bath bomb or like a nice candle they like and just shoving it into the bird beak like mm, lavender pineapple mist.
1: Bath and body works would have crushed it during the during the
0: plague i mean like it's such a i mean the one final fantasy you have to mention more than the others is seven because when the playstation came out like that was one of its like golden childs of, like hey if you have a playstation you probably should be ha- playing final fantasy 7 i mean yeah they because... did a
2: remaster not too long ago you can get the original version on the on the switch as well you know cloud and sephiroth are both in which is crazy that of it's such as of as big of a game series as it is it's crazy that like all of the representation in Smash is from the same game.
0: Yeah, like even Dragon Quest was like Dragon Quest is debatably older and more influential, and they had to shove all their protagonists in one or, single game. Yeah, or human look at body. um,
2: I mean, I mean Fire Emblem's got quite a few, but they're from a variety of Fire Emblems. It would be like if they only picked like um Blazing Blade. It was just Mart
0: and it was just like Roy and a bunch of side characters. Yeah, it's amazing just how powerful that game is. I think it's part because it was one of the first to have like really good cinematic cutscenes. Yeah, and like great that would, scenes, like- great storytelling, banger music. Oh, the music! Oh, the fight music can go on, and I I can't wait to see. I've been playing the remasters, and like I can't wait to see what they're doing with it because it completely changes the script. You have no idea who's gonna die or live now. We're all we're all there now. We all want to be there. With the, um, the monsters in the game as well, like, the monsters also stay relatively the same. I mean, the summons is, like, it depends on what game you're playing. Some characters can, some, some characters like can't. I like
2: the little quests you have to do for, like, the best summons in some of the games. I like, think that's fun. Yes, 10. Final Fantasy 10 did that. I think 5th, doesn't, does it, doesn't like, 5 do it with, like, Leviathan and stuff, I think? Because you have to get like, the moon and get Bahamut is, like, on the moon. And
0: I remember that being really cool. I always remember 10 because one of the guys you get, like his ability is, hey, if you give me a lot of gold, I'll do a disgusting amount of damage. And like at the end, the final boss in 10, the metal music blaring, I'm like, give him all my gold, like kill him. Just destroy him for me. I don't want to deal with him anymore. That's that was just, my favorite. That's part just golden go. Just golden. Give him a, I'm going to pay you $100 to get that man.
2: We get a special attack drop, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that these games kind of help set the patchwork for most of the role-playing games to ever date. Like, it's interesting how it took inspiration from Dragon Quest, and now Dragon Quest, like, sometimes takes inspiration from them. Like, it's amazing to see how much of a genre shift happens with RPGs with these games. And it's interesting with Final Fantasy 16 because it took a lot of inspiration from things like Game of Thrones and Western media to create its game and its lore. And with mixed results, I'll say sometimes it leans too hard into it. Like for some reason, oh, this couple's married, and then in deep in the lore, like also they're cousins. I'm like, why? I
2: mean, if you're what, what's the time era of this one? Is it kind of middle y Because it's like that's it's that middle
0: y It's high fantasy middle age I mean, and that's just, just like if, you, if, you,
2: if you're upper crust, that was sort of just what they did, right? Like, I mean,
0: yeah, it's I played still... Crusader Kings. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. But... I mean, like I said, they do have some shared elements, and we're gonna have to talk about them. And the one shared element that makes a game a Final Fantasy game, a Final Fantasy game to me, is the chocobos. I love me a good chocobo.
1: Now, Lucas, is this the part of the episode where I tell you that I have never played a Final Fantasy game? It is. It disgusts me. Go on, explain yourself. I've I, Well, one like PlayStation. I didn't grow up with Playstations. Okay, you have a
0: Nintendo Switch next to you right now, and you could buy Final Fantasy 7 and play it.
1: Did you know how many games I have in my backlog?
0: Do you know how many of them are Final Fantasy 7? Zero. That can change immediately. <laughs> have you played all the Pikmins like, yet?
1: No, I have not. Have you played any Pikmin? I played I played Pikmin 1 okay, back you in the day. Should play two. I, was a, I was a GameCube guy. I'm just saying, Final Fantasy 7
0: if you have to look it's the one the fanboys crave it's like the one that the super fanboys will be like oh you just played seven just play seven and you'll get fine do you know what a chocobo is
1: i know what a chocobo is it's okay, basically they, a
0: giant giant yellow chicken bird yeah it's pretty cool but it is endearing to the point where it's gotten its own game multiple time it and its own racing game like there's like, actually did he come racing, racing? both chocobos I mean, yeah, no, you have Chocobo. Like, it's a Chocobo-like kart racing game to try and challenge Mario Kart, which in of itself is a pretty great comedy. Um, so if you, for Chocobos, if you are lived under a rock like Chris, think giant, yellow, or sometimes multicolored bird that is characterized by their feathers, their distinct odor, and the fact that they have this, uh, chant that they've had since, like, the beginning, since they've added sound in the game. Like, there's this one call that all Chocobos do and in the games, they're always domesticated for their gentle nature and quick feet. Uh, they are often used as a mode of ground transportation, according to one of the uh, the game's lores in Decidia. Um, I will point out that in 16, not only can you see them people riding them around, you can also attack them like enemy, animal, enemies. And I feel really bad, but I really needed the XP and I I have hunted quite a few of them.
1: So unlike Zelda, these chickens will not fight back.
0: Oh, they will definitely fight back. Like, they're basically like elephant birds. They're they're huge. I mean, the different games have different lores. Yeah, well, it's bigger than Yeah, it's like a terror bird. So the uh, closest equivalent I could find were the the genus of birds, Apiornis, which are the elephant birds. At least one of them weighed over a ton and stood over 9.5 feet tall. Like, these things were absolutely massive um humanity unfortunately never learned to ride them but most likely are the reason that they're no longer around the last elephant bird is thought to have gone extinct anywhere in the year 100 to the year 1000 ad most likely due to hunting and their eggs turns out it's a lot easier to get their eggs than it is to take down the bird itself so we found through archaeological studies that native peoples across some parts of madagascar or other areas they could have been found were just taking the eggs from the nest and eating them to be fair one ostrich egg can produce like 12 dozen yolks of chicken eggs worth of egg. So I kind of get it. I mean, they are pretty cool though. Like if you ever just see, riding a chocobo is just fun. In Final Fantasy XV, you have the choice between riding out of the souped up ride with your boys or getting on a chocobo. And I always found it hard because I really just wanted to ride the chocobo around because he's just a giant chicken and he's friends. If your options are car or flightless bird. I chose the flightless bird. I would Although too. to be fair- the car could fly by the end of that game. Like, you could get it to fly, and that's cool until you crashed it. But otherwise, yeah, no, the bird.
1: You said it was known for its distinctive odor. What is that? It's Apparently,
0: it just stinks. It just stinks. Yeah, it's a, gi- it's a giant bird. Birds have some kind of musky. Uh, I will say a chocobo's spine and legs would have to be specifically bred to carry people and all the weight these things are carrying around. In the game, some people have them pulling carts. Some people have them pulling uh, like huge loads on their back. Uh, You have people in armor riding on these things. So there's something up with their spines and their legs to be able to keep all that up and keep on running. But it makes sense if you're domesticating them over generation upon generation that you would get one that might be able to do that, especially at that size. I mean, they also at this point,
1: Lucas, it's just a horse.
0: I mean, kind of, but can your horse run on two legs and have adorable baby chicks that you can raise?
1: No, but you can slap armor on it and you can have it like, like it's it's about the same size as a horse.
0: It is, but it's not a two-legged bipedal super chicken. So it's fantasy. That's it. Yeah, that's the whole point of fantasy. Take something awesome that shouldn't exist and is probably impractical and like, you know, have it take its place as something normal. Horse gets replaced with giant chicken. Incidentally, on the words of impractical, we kind of have to talk about the airships. In my experience, the airships are probably one of the coolest parts in making the games because throughout a lot of the games, yeah, you get the chocobo, which I love riding. And yeah, you might get a car in one of them, but only one of them. But the idea of you've reached a point in the game where you know what? You can't walk anymore. Load up your chocobo, load up your friends, get in this airship. Let's go fly somewhere else. That is, like, a huge moment in each game. I mean, the car is cool that it can fly, but, like, it's not as cool as an airship. I'm sorry. It, it's odd. It, they're so cool. If you go and look up the designs for some of these airships, like, they get ridiculous. They go from ridiculously, like, simple you ridiculously impractical, and I love every single the one.
2: The later on ones where they're like a full on base inside. I remember like and like it's so cool when you unlock the airship. I remember I want to say like I think three was the first Final Fantasy play game I played all the way through, like when I was younger. And um, I think like earlier you did, like a boat, and then I think you get like a better boat, and then you get and then like you're seeing things like oh wow look at that lake surrounded by mountains that's such a cool feature and then you get the airship and you're like oh my god i can go to that lake
0: yeah it open finally opens up the game like it does it's a, a great like-
2: job teasing you about the other aspects of the game and like once you unlock it you just can't wait to go use it
0: yeah and it's fun because a lot of them can actually make you land on water so it doesn't truly replace your boat but you still have to be conscious of like okay i can take this thing place if i can still land on water and then you get the ones that can go on land too which is just Great. And usually there's a dude named Sid fixing it up for you. I mean, I know I, it's Sid one of those. Sid is a common, common character. Sid is a very common character. But like, just like each game, it kind of does change. Um, if you look at the first ones, it's literally just like a boat with propellers on the top. Like, it's fun to think about, but then you think about having to actually ride on the outside of this thing and like lack of oxygen, freezing rain. It's a terrible idea. But like, as they go more and more into it, They're like these magical powered giant like three city block size metropolis with a base, multiple crew, like a flying battleship. Like there's no way any of these things should work, but they do. And we've tried making airships in our own world. We've tried having giant flying things that function almost like ships, but we can never quite do it because the weight in itself is impossible to manage while also going fast. We all remember what happened to the Zeppelin industry. Let's just say it went up in flames. But this in the games, there was no Hindenburg. You can have propellers that have massive bound like downdraft that go over the plate. You can have sky pirates in this game. And I love the fact that they took something that's basically completely impossible in our world and said, like, yeah, you know what? Go for it. Have fun. Go ride in it. It's not, it's the least scientific thing we'll talk about next to one other thing, but I just love the fact that each game kind of has them, and each game just kind of takes a little bit from like, let's take some ship architecture from this one thing. Let's take some style and artistic artist, artistic that blah, blah 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 from like something else. I love the airship, and it's great game design, and I just want to talk about it. Like, I, but like you said, Chris, I mean, it it doesn't beat the car or the horse, but it's you
1: know it's impractical, but it's fine. Are it's not these hurt anybody. now again never played? Are these airships? propelled by like motors or are they like ship ships with like masts motors and occasionally magic powered motors <laughs> and
0: usually that magic is powered by crystals we have to talk about crystals now and i have to tell you guys the edit the headache i had looking up this one topic has been infuriating did so you it's get not so fir- much homeopathy stuff. i i can't talk <laughs> We're science. It's what we do. I'm not going to go into a talk about the power of healing crystals and their validity. But if I'm looking for scientific data on crystals, it's really hard to find it. Like even the people who believe in like homeopathic, like the idea that crystals can heal you. You got to admit, if you look up the phrase crystals in uses in science on Google, you get a lot of homeopathic stuff. And that's not what we're looking for. I mean, the crystal theme is set in the game. It's not the first game to use crystals as power. But what a crystal actually is, it's a set of same, of same or similar solid molecular substances arranged in a repeating organized pattern. What that means is, let's say you take, uh, if you're having a bunch of molecules just stationed together in one geometric shape over and over and over again, that is a crystal. Um, usually they are formed when substances are heated and then allowed to cool slowly. So you get a lot of those in the calderas in um, um, Yellowstone or any of the other volcanic locations. So the molecules, like you can find crystals in almost anything, to be honest. Like technically a snowflake is a type of crystal. Like as it's falling because it is just yeah, a repeated image water. water. Yeah, just crystal. You can make crystals out of almost any solid substance if you need to. But depending on the game, they're either a minor part of day-to-day life Or they are literally the containers of the very essence of the universe. In seven, they just changed the name to Materia and talked about how, hey, people are abusing these and sucking the earth dry, which is honestly pretty woke for like a game made in like the 90s of like talking about exploitations and the dangers of like uber capitalism and like environmental destruction. It's, I mean, it's pretty ahead of its time, all things considered. But as I mentioned, so many people believe in crystal power and now i have to tell you the beluga story have i told you guys the beluga story i do not think mm, so i don't think so so my buddy uh we're not going to disclose names of the aquariums but there was an aquarium that housed beluga whales um the beluga whales had an exhibit where you could actually get a chance to spend time with them one day somebody made a call to the aquarium and asked hey can i put my crystal on your beluga whale and everyone just double blinked and went "Excuse me." The idea was that she wanted to absorb the essence of a beluga whale and keep it with her. Now, technically, putting a crystal on a beluga whale is not going to bother the beluga whale. It doesn't care. It's a beluga whale. But the beluga, but the people were like, okay, we can't just put her on a tour with everybody else because people are gonna be really weirded out that they're like putting crystals on the beluga whale. So they came up with a compromise. If that person bought all the tickets for that day. To get the Beluga crystal energy, they could do it, and they did, and they spent well over two grand to do it.
1: Like That's, that a, is that's a good crystal good, right there that's
0: for a, them. That's a, that's a good crystal right there. They got the Beluga <laughs> essence, maybe. I mean, there's so many people who believe what, in what the is, power what of, of what this.
2: What does Beluga essence do for you?
0: We don't know. You, you didn't,
2: didn't, didn't ask, ask them? them? You like, you? like It makes you like being under ice.
1: you should you should have
0: asked them I wasn't me it was a friend of it was a friend who told me about it when he worked at the aquarium like I didn't get all the details it's one of those like just like no one's gonna believe you like when you tell them this stuff but it did happen always ask questions always yeah I, I mean people do believe in this and I'm not trying to you know put down anyone who believes in the healing power of crystals I will throw you a bone and say that if you truly believe that crystals will help you and you're in a hospital and you're needing treatment and you have it with you, that is lowering your stress, strengthening your immune system, and allowing you to fight it off any infection or what you're dealing with. But there's no scientific evidence that putting a crystal around you gives you any power. I mean, crystals can be used to focus lasers or electronics. That's pretty awesome. But they're not going to be, there's nothing scientific pointing at it, but The whole belief in crystals comes from so many different cultures across the world. I mean, there are cultures anywhere from India, Brazil, Mesopotamia. Like you find people who found the power and belief in crystals. So it's so interesting that the games also took that because it is something that kind of connects humanity that we all found the shiny, weird rock, shiny, weird mineral deposit and thought this must have power. I find that at least somewhat interesting. But again, in, in reality, I don't I don't know. It's just one of those things where I don't want to bother, I don't want to make anyone upset. I don't believe in the crystal energy. I will say there was that one person who put crystals in their like steering wheel as a form of like this is going to protect me. And then people pointed out that airbags exist. And so that was a little bit off putting for them. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before we get going. Um, are y'all fr- uh, sorry, I say y'all. Chris, you haven't played. Don, are you familiar with one of the most powerful spell? One are the most powerful spells in Final Fantasy. Uh, I'm gonna say meteor. <clears throat> yep, just like he's reading the notes. I am folks. not reading the notes though. You're have... not reading. Okay. <laughs> oh, do good. I you are keeping the a... notes. Once it was a good day. It was a nice day. I do day. read
2: the notes, but I am not reading the notes right now. I am mining on Runescape.
0: <laughs> he probably is. This is not a bit, but meteor is probably the most powerful spell in the game and it's one of the common spells in the games you get the ability to shoot fire and lightning and ice and summon monstrosities and you know is it the agas are they the best ones i think the agas are the daras
2: maybe or whatever maybe it's It's interesting
0: yeah it's blizzara and then it's blizzaga if i remember right with um japanese like they decided to use english as like the language of mazix so uh blizzard instead of blizzard, it's interesting that like, oh yeah, no, English is the magical language we'll use as opposed to like in America, but we'll use Latin or something else. So it's nice to know that America is the magical language for RPG magic. But many of the spells in the games like carry over, the big one being Meteor, aside from Final Fantasy VII, which changes to Comet just because Meteor has such a huge impact on the story. But um, Meteor, top tier spell, depending on the game, it is very much like dangerous as all get out it is probably one of the most damaging spells in the game there's, it's not There's, a, there's
2: a, i remember there's like a whole ass quest about just getting meteor or something with um with five because i think it's gonna like kill the one dude and then it doesn't
0: it's been a long time since i played five but i remember meteor being a big deal in that game well i mean it should be a big deal summoning lightning is pretty sweet but if you could aim a meteor directly at someone it could effectively kill any living thing like a meteor the size of a basketball—that's all you'd need to kill someone instantly. I don't care what it is; you no living thing use a is
2: surviving than that, honestly.
0: I mean, a basketball like is what these things are looking like in the game. Like you're getting hit by these balls oh, yeah. of fire coming from the sky. Obviously, a smaller one can do the job just fine, but a meteor the size of a basketball whipped through the atmosphere at twenty-five thousand miles per hour minimum is probably one of the most dangerous spells ever taught there's a re- there's a good reason why it's one of the last spells you learn because if you did it wrong and you summoned a meteor that was too big you would kill everybody like if you dropped a meteor instead of the size of a basketball the size of a house yeah the bad guy's gone but so is everything within a half mile radius just evaporating. like uh, i feel like
2: if i remember right a lot of the games with meteor it's like multiple little meteors so yeah i would imagine that's partially a not nuking your whole squad option
0: I mean, it would just make sense to just go for it. Like, if anyone ever found a way to weaponize meteors, they would be absolutely terrified. Yeah, we see that in in several, like, sci-fi franchises and stuff. You get groups that, like, strap rockets to meteors or something like that. I mean, it's dangerous. I mean, Gundam kind of did something similar with their whole, like, strap a colony with rockets and send it to the Earth. Like, if you cause... If you send something at the Earth fast enough, it's going to cause a whole bunch of damage. Uh, Our atmosphere is constantly being bombarded by microparticulate... We do get meteors that cross through very rarely. Do we get like anything truly massive, like the ones that killed off the dinosaurs. But the fact that any one person would be allowed to summon this, like that person should automatically like win any fight. Like, I don't care what God you're trying to kill this time. Hitting it with a meteor should definitely do some damage. That's all I'm saying. Like, that's my scientific basis. But then again, it's fantasy. It's just whatever it's you want final it to be. Fantasy it is the final fantasy and that was the final thing i wanted to talk about we could honestly if I, once final fantasy Seven's like part 2 remake comes out we might talk more about final fantasy 7 but i just wanted to go over an overview for people like chris who need to play final fantasy 7 on their switch these <laughs> games yeah we'll call, we're we're going to keep calling you out like you got to
1: pry you, me away from all the other games that have come what out what game are you playing right now that's more culturally significant I'm, I'm waiting. I'm playing a lot of Mirror's Edge right now. That is not as nearly as culturally <laughs> <What? any> significant <laughs> that game. Still, ex- isn't that
0: like Mirror's Edge <laughs> Catalyst? They make yeah. a
1: new one? You know, it's still it's. Uh, I'm playing Catalyst right now, so the sequel, but still very old. But it's on Game Pass. I see. Okay, it just parkour.
0: Yeah, I know parkour, <laughs> hardcore parkour. But still, if you're considering, like, hey, I never got into Final Fantasy VII, I say try it. Honestly, they're coming out with like the new remasters on like the switch and other consoles. Just try them out. Give them a shot. They're a piece of gaming history and they are so influential on so many of the games we will talk about and games we have talked about that it's worth playing at least once. Don, do you you. want to add anything else for final fantasy? I'm
2: not really, honestly, go out and play them. Whether you like the, uh, the more modern control scheme or the OG, I know that's kind of like a controversial topic, um, yeah, I, I I really I really can't recommend it. I think my personal favorite is probably five. Um, I have a big love for ten. Ten is I I like ten. Um, I think I said three. I think I got the three the three remake on the DS. Um, when I was a lot younger, I think it was the first Final Fantasy game I ever beat. But I remember really liking five. Um,
0: that one had job classes. Any game that gives me job classes to change them, like sold. You got me. Did, I'm in. Did did five have job classes? It's yeah, five three. Was it five or three that had it? That um, class. One of the two, one yeah. of the two. Um, no, we'll three, three
2: had three had the job classes because five you had like Cecil and like um, the old guy with the meteors and there's the bard and he he beats him up and calls him a spoony
0: <laughs> bard, which I'll never forget. Excellent line. <laughs> On the note of spoony bards, thank you all so much for listening to this. Rant on Final Fantasy. um Hopefully, next time when you're listening, we'll have a we'll be talking about one of our other favorite game series that's coming out with relatively new games. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. And Chris, special thanks for you for tolerating a game that you've never played. I it, it's all in good Play fun. the game. Chris. Hey,
1: I, I mean, I'll play it at some point. There's only mm, so many games.
0: Mm, this is a threat. Let's doubt play him. the game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's doubt him at the credit troll. Play the game. Play the game, play the game, play the game.